your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, uh, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and the host of Leafs Lunch. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Man, we got a few things to get to to today's show. Busy day in the hockey world. Jack Eichel finally gets traded. He is out of Buffalo on his way to Vegas. We'll be chatting about that one uh, a little bit later in the show. But first, there's also some trade speculation around the Maple Leafs. A defenseman could potentially be on the move. At least the Leafs are making some calls, letting people know that uh, some, some blue liners are available on the Maple Leafs roster, so we'll get into those discussions, those rumors right now. Um, but first, let's tee up tonight's game. The defending back-to-back champs, Tampa Bay Lightning, coming to Toronto. Both teams rolling right now, both on a three-game winning streak after a relatively slow start on both sides. Um, should be a good clash. This is somewhat of a measuring stick game, a litmus test, if you want to use that term, uh, for Toronto. The first time that they they had themselves a, a litmus test type of game was against Carolina. They had their blow, doors blown off them. They looked terrible. But they were not playing well either. They were playing poorly. Whereas now, they're actually playing well. So I'll be curious to see what it looks like. You know, kind of two heavyweights coming in. Uh, two guys who you, or two teams who are hoping to compete within the Atlantic Division. Uh, I'm expecting a good game. I'm expecting a fun game. Um, a high-scoring affair as well. We'll get into the betting implications uh, via betonline.ag in just a moment. But this is also the first time that these two teams have played since March 10th. And why that's notable is because that's actually the final time that these two teams played a game in the NHL um, before the pandemic. Toronto had a 2-1 win against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then boom, pandemic hits. Um, everything shuts down. Supposed to be just for a couple of weeks. And then it wasn't until, like, August where they picked things back up again. And uh, here we are, almost two years later. I know it's been, like, what, 21, 22 months, 20, 20, 21 months later before the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning get to play each other again. Tampa's won two cups since the last time that they've played Toronto, right? Tampa was not, Tampa only had one Stanley Cup in franchise history the last time these two teams played against each other. Now they've got three. Now they've got three. Um, just to go to show about how long it's been, which, you know, these two have always been linked for the last couple of years. It's the two juggernauts in the Atlantic. And, you know, I think this is a good test, a good opportunity for Toronto to really say, hey, we're still here. You know, we got off to a slow start, but, hey, we're, we're picking things back up again. Austin Matthews, he just had himself to his best game of the season. So did Mitch Marner. Like, this team is rolling. This is a good opportunity for them to go in and try and, and get the best of the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, down at Scotiabank Arena and get those two points and just say, hey, we are still considered one of the best teams here in the East and definitely be contending for a spot here in the Atlantic Division. Don't write us off so soon. And uh, a win here tonight, I think, for the Maple Leafs will go a long way. A couple of, a couple of notes about tonight's game. Uh, Jack Campbell going to get the starting goal. So he's going to play... Uh, against Tampa Bay, and I believe he was in net, actually, the last time these two teams played. Came away, away with a 2-1 win and played really well. Uh, Travis Dermott, 
blocked a shot in the game the other night, and he missed some time, if you guys recall, the game against Vegas. Did return, but yesterday was held out of practice. Uh, apparently had some troubles getting skate on. So he had a foot injury from blocking a shot in that game on, on Tuesday. But did join the team for a morning skate today. Did get out on the ice. So uh, he's going to be a game-time decision. We'll see what happens. It's unclear as of now what exactly the pairings are going to be if he does return. I would think that it would just kind of keep rolling. Um, you know, Riley, Dermott, Muzzin, Brody, Sandine, and Dermott would probably go together. Um, but if he's out, these were the pairings that are being toyed with in practice yesterday, which I'm kind of interested to see how it works out. Timothy Lilligren moved up to play with Morgan Riley. So a Lilligren and Riley pairing could be something we see tonight. Muzzin Brody sticking together, obviously. And then again, if Dermot is unavailable to play, he's a game time decision. Justin Hall checks back into the lineup after sitting the past couple of games up with the press box. He'll unite himself alongside Rasmus Sandin and they'll make up the third pair, which makes total sense to me. There were some saying, oh, when Muzzin comes back or when Hole comes back to you, reunite him with Muzzin and then put Brody back up with Riley. What do you do? No, no. They played well. Brody has came in, and he's settled Muzzin's game down. He's looked so much better the last couple of games since he's had uh, a more legitimate top four defenseman alongside him. Um, You know, him and Hall just, they weren't working. Weren't working early in the year. Uh, And if it ain't broke between Muzzin and Brody, don't fix it. Let's see what they got. That's our shutdown pairing now. Roll with it. And then I'm really excited to see what Lilligren can do, though, in a... a, in a higher role, you know, he, he, being sheltered on a third pair is one thing. Getting an opportunity to play up in the lineup alongside Morgan Riley is going to have more minutes, he's going to have more responsibility, and he's be going up against tougher competition. So this is kind of an audition for him to see if he can do it. Can he go up against, you know, the top six of another team, not just the third and fourth lines? What if he's out there um, and he has to play some defensive zone starts against a guy like Steven Stamkos or Anthony Sorelli or Braden Point? Can he deal with those types of responsibilities. Now is his chance to figure it out. Now is his chance, the Leafs' chance, to find out if he could be that guy. Because if he is, that's someone who they drafted in the first round. He's expected to be that guy. Hasn't quite worked out for him so far early in his career. But he's played well last couple of games. I like that if he gets the opportunity tonight to see what he's got. Man, I, I, that's one of the, the key things that I'm I'm looking for tonight is to see how Timothy Lilligan plays in an expanded role. Um, let's take a look at the betting lines for tonight. All these lines, courtesy of betonline.ag. Uh, Toronto actually favored to win this game. They're minus 133 on the money line. So, you know, Vegas is expecting Toronto to come in and keep it rolling and roll all the way to victory. You can get plus money on Tampa Bay Lightning if you think that they can get the dub. Um, but Toronto right now, the favored team on the money line. Uh, the over-under set at six. Six goals. So the last time these two teams played... It was a 2-1, low-scoring, low-event game. But we've seen these two in the past go wild. I think it was earlier in the year we saw like a 7-4 game. Uh, Stammer had like four points. Carter Verhage had a hat trick. It was unbelievable. Uh, So like these two teams can score. Tampa's offense, they started slow. They're heating up right now. They've got 13 goals over their last four games. Toronto, same thing. Started off slow, but they're rolling now. Got the Matthews line going. Get the Marner line going. Let's hope you get the power play finally started to, to cook uh, in the last game. They got a goal as well. Hopefully this all keeps rolling and uh, maybe they can get the victory. But I, I I'll say this: I expect I expect uh, a, a decently high scoring affair tonight. So maybe taking the over 
of six goals could be uh, could be could be in the cards. A couple prop bets I like as well. You can take a look over at betonline.ag. But Austin Matthews plus money to score. Yeah, I'll take that. This guy scores in bunches. That's what we know about him. And Austin Matthews finally came off the schneid the other night. I think he scores again today, and that's plus one twenty-five for him to score. Steven Stamkos plus one seventy-five. A, he's having an unbelievable season. B, this guy is a leaf killer. He has been taunting and tantalizing the Leafs ever since he came into the league. He's got 20 goals against the Maple Leafs in his career through 41 games, 49 points through 41 games. He is legitimately a Leaf killer. He always shows up and always shows out against the the Maple Leafs. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I think Stamkos is a GTA kid. So always loves to come and play in Toronto. And uh, I think he probably hits the score sheet tonight. You can get plus money, almost double money at plus 175 there. And over under William Nylander shots, three and a half. Yeah, I'll take the over on that as well at plus 122. So those are some... Those are some uh, some gambling angles that I like, some prop bets that I like from this game. Again, you can make all those wagers over at betonline.ag. Uh, okay, we've got the Jack Eichel trade that we need to break down and discuss, and I'll get my thoughts on it. But we also have some Maple Leafs potential trade rumors starting to circulate within the NHL. I'll tell you about those in just a moment when we return here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. Let me tell you guys about betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the hockey season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the hockey and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball to football to baseball to hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, welcome back to Locked on Leafs. Mike DiStefano, the host of this show. Um, so Maple Leafs, uh, there's some reports out there now. There's been some rumblings for the last couple of days, and then James Myrtle just wrote a piece of, about it on The Athletic that the Leafs, Seems like there's some merit. They could be looking around trying to deal away one of their defensemen. Uh, which one? That is yet to be yet to be clear. But I think based on some, you know, uh, based on some process of elimination, we can figure out some of the guys who they may be looking to deal away. I'm going to go ahead and say that Morgan Riley's not on that list. They just gave him an eight-year extension legitimately less than a week ago. Going to go ahead and say that they're not going to trade him uh, after making that signing. So you can cross him off the list. I don't believe that Muzzin and Brody are going anywhere. I think that they like that pairing. That is their shutdown pairing. And if they're going to want to win a Stanley Cup, which I have to assume is probably still the goal here in Toronto, they're they're not going to move Muzzin or Brody. Um, And I'd be surprised if they move Rasmus Sandin. He's played really, really well. I think they want to see what they can get, uh, what, what he can become. Because early on, he looks like a a really solid defenseman. So I would caution against moving out Rasmus Sandin. So that leaves Travis Dermott, Justin Hall, and maybe Timothy Lilligren. Maybe the last couple of days is enough of a showcase for them to try and dangle Lilligren as a nice little carrot for some teams as as they look to to rebuild a bit. And maybe they use Lilligren as a a prospect to try and and beef up their back end a little bit. Maybe add some more sandpaper, add more of a Zach Bogosian veteran-esque type of role. 
which is really what this team was always looking to do. But, I mean, I've liked Lilligren. I would rather them not trade him. I think it'd be good for them to see what they got in this kid. So, realistically, I believe this comes down to Dermott and Hall. Um, and with next to no cap space, though, it'll have to be basically dollar in, dollar out. So, you take a look. Justin Hall is making $2 million in cap for this year and next. And Dermott making $1.5 million this year and next. So, not a whole lot of wiggle room. Like, you're not going to be able to go out and land yourself a, a, a traditional top four guy. Like, even if, I don't know, like, um, Montreal was going to move on from, uh, you know, Joel Edmondson or uh, maybe Buffalo moves on from Colin Miller, you may not be able to make that work with the cap by just moving on from one of these guys, right? Like, there's not enough cap space to trade Hall plus, you know, a pick to bring in uh, Colin Miller, who's making 3.885. So it, it is. it gets a little interesting to see how exactly they're going to move one of these guys to, to upgrade at the center position. Perhaps they also toss in, like, I don't know, maybe a, a Nick Ritchie, who's making $2.5 this year and next. Maybe Alex Kerfoot, although I don't know if I really want to Tr- tr- like move out some of that secondary scoring that this team has. They're very top heavy. They don't have many secondary scores. Kerfoot, one of those guys currently playing up in the top six. You know, if he's not there, you know, who are you who are you moving back up into the top six? You know what I mean? So um I I, I I'm not sure exactly what the target's gonna be. I don't know if it'll be a top end guy. Again, like I said, maybe it'll just end up being a veteran like Luke Shen potentially out in Vancouver, bring him back. Could play a similar role to Zach Bogosian a season ago. I don't know if he's going to want to come back to Toronto, but I mean, he's someone who you could play as your sixth, seventh defenseman. Um, but we'll see. But that uh, that is some news out there that there is potentially some some discussions being had with the Maple Leafs, and uh, they've they've got they've let it be known that they've got some defensemen out there that they'd be willing to uh, to listen on if they can upgrade their own defense. I'm sure they've got some picks and prospects that they can add to it. But again, the the money is going to be the interesting part here as it does have to be dollar in, dollar out to make things work here with the Toronto Maple Leafs, given that they have legitimately like no cap space whatsoever. So that does put a wrench into things, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if anything comes about. Uh, Jack Heichel, though, massive Massive deal. Uh, no longer do we have to worry about Eichel killing the Maple Leafs, that's for sure, as he heads out west to the Vegas Golden Knights. When we return, I'll tell you all about the deal, let you know my thoughts on it, and uh, we'll do all that when we return here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. Welcome back to Locked on Leafs. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, here with you. Uh, we already went through and kind of teed up tonight's game between the Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Discussed some of the rumors and reports out there that the Leafs could be looking to make a trade and upgrade one of their defensemen by moving one of their defensemen. And now we get to the concrete stuff, a trade that already has gone down. Jack Eichel traded to the Vegas Golden Knights. The deal is as such... Buffalo dealing away Eichel and a 2023 third-round pick to the Vegas Golden Knights for Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, a conditional 2022 first, and a 2023 second. The condition on the first is that if it is it is top 10 protected. That's what it is. It's not really conditional, but it's a top 10 protected 2022 first-round pick. 
if Vegas, who it is entirely possible they finish in the top 10 this year, they have so many injuries, like ridiculous amount of injuries, this pick will slide to 2023 and it'll become unprotected at that point. But I think it was very smart for Vegas to deal away the the protections uh, on that pick because you look at at Vegas, I mean, you already know they're not going to have Jack Eichel for a while. You already know that you're not going to have um, Max Pacioretty for a bit. Mark Stone also injured. He's out. Uh, William Carlson is out for, I think it was, what, 8 to 10 weeks with a broken foot. So they've got guys injured long term. So this team's offense, like four of their big guns, are all out. I don't know how many games are going to win. I mean, Robin Leonard, after the game the other night against the Maple Leafs, came out and said, this was the worst game that we have ever played since I got here. He said it was brutal. It was awful. And it was. They were bad. Like They were seriously, they were not good. I mean, the Maple Leafs are the better team, and they came out and they played well. But Vegas also didn't really do much themselves. And if this is what they are with this you know, lackluster um, group of players that they have on the team right now with all the injuries, maybe they do finish in the top 10. Like, if if people aren't back, I mean, this team could really go, things could go south pretty quickly. Um, so getting that top 10 protection, I think, was very key for Vegas in, uh, in bringing in, uh, making this deal to bring in Jack Eichel. Now, I do think Peyton Krebs is actually a really good piece that Buffalo got. Um, I spoke with Craig Button earlier today on Leafs Luncheon, and he said uh, it's basically Ryan O'Reilly light. That's what Peyton Krebs is, Ryan O'Reilly light. And, yeah, it didn't work out so well for Ryan O'Reilly in Buffalo, but we know it worked out really, really nicely for him in St. Louis. So getting a kid that uh, that has that type of two-way mentality, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I also got a text from uh, a scout of mine. I asked him, hey, you got a quick, quick scouting report on him for me? And uh, this is – I'll quickly pull it up, actually – the scouting report that I got. Um, Krebs is a highly skilled workhorse who can and will play in any role asked of him, whether he's asked to play on the fourth line, get in on the forecheck, or provide energy, or if he's asked to play up in the lineup and provide some offensive pop, he's more than capable to do both of those things. He may be a year away from his breakout, but the former captain of the Winnipeg Ice will be a legitimate offensive threat who can play at both ends of the ice. He doesn't have blazing speed, but his incredible quickness and agility. Combine that with the great set of hands and his wicked playmaking, Krebs should be a legitimate top six center. So that's what I got from uh, Tony Ferrari, friend of the show. Um, he gave me his quick scouting report on uh, on Peyton Krebs. So that's a really solid piece that they're getting, a top six centerman to replace Eichel. It's, it's not going to be Jack Eichel. It's not a, an easy replacement to make, but you get that. Alex Tuck, we know all about Tuck. I think he's a solid middle six winger who brings a punch to the game, a true power forward. He's got some scoring touch to him. Seems like a good kid. He grew up in Syracuse, which is super close to Buffalo. Uh, he's currently injured, so he's not going to be with the team for a little bit. I know Peyton Krebs is going to be sent down to Rochester uh, as well to try and refine his game. So far, uh, Zero points through nine games with Vegas. Um, but he was a former first-round pick, very highly touted kid. So hopefully he can put it together for Buffalo. But then they also get that first-rounder and a second-rounder as well. So I think this is actually a pretty decent haul for the Buffalo Sabres. I'll be honest. I think this is a pretty good deal um, and certainly probably the best that they were going to get. There were the rumors about Kachuk. I, if that Kachuk deal was like Kachuk, a first-round pick, a former first-round pick and a prospect. That was a rumor from, I think uh, Kevin Weeks reported that on on uh, on Twitter yesterday. Legitimately, I if that was on the table, 
that deal would have been that deal would have would have been accepted. It had to have been accepted. So um, I'm assuming that that was not exactly uh, not exactly as concrete as it was made to be seemed. And I mean, even yesterday or, or today, actually, Kelly McCrimmon and said like, or uh, sorry, not Kelly McCrimmon, uh, Kevin Adams, the GM out of Buffalo, even said like, yeah, there's no real offer or talks about um, about Matt Kachuk. So. You know, you can take him, take that or leave that. I mean, he can't really talk about other players anyways, but uh, I, I feel like this was probably the best deal that they could have gotten given the circumstances because, let's face it, yes, Jack Eichel is one of the best players, was one of the best players, I should say, because after the surgery that he's going to get, and he's going to get that preferred um, that preferred disc, artificial disc replacement surgery that he's going to get, I mean, he legitimately, um, like, this has never been done on a hockey player before. It's been done on on several athletes, so it's not like this is the first time ever doing it, but we've never seen a hockey player do it, and we haven't seen him recover. So, you know, there is some risk here involved for Vegas. They're giving up quite a bit for a guy who may never return back to the form that he played at, um, you know, before the injury started to to pile on for Jack Eichel. At one point, he was a top five, uh, top you know, five to ten player in the NHL. He still very well could be. He's still young. He's what, twenty-four years old, twenty-five? You know, the deal is for another five years. So I mean, I, I like this move for both sides at the end of the day. There's some risk involved in in trading for Jack Eichel, but at the same time, you didn't give up uh like an absolute King's ransom. I think Vegas gave up an appropriate amount to take the gamble that Jack Eichel becomes a superstar he is. But if he doesn't become that top 5-10 to 10 player in the NHL and he just doesn't quite get back to what he was, but it's still very... Uh, I mean, that's the thing. He could still be a number 1 center and still not be what Jack Eichel was or was expected to become, and this still work out. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, so I like this deal um, for both. And when it comes to Eichel... It's interesting. I just saw a tweet. Apparently, he wants to get back for the Olympics. I don't know if that's going to happen um, coming up in in uh, February. They say that Kelly McCrimmon, when he spoke today, said they're looking at a three- to five-month timeline. Three months would take you, so November to December, December to January, January to February. So that three-month window could take him to the Olympics, but the other part about this deal is Vegas now is in a situation where when everyone's healthy, you know, when Stone comes back from LTIR, uh, Pacioretty, Jack Eichel, they're over the cap. So not everybody can play this season unless they do some other maneuvers, some trades, some finagling. So there are some talks that maybe a Kucherov 2.0 situation could be coming here with Jack Eichel. Um, and if not Eichel, maybe even a Mark Stone or something. I don't know. But there's some... They've got to do something to get under the cap, and it's a large figure that they're going to have to move to get under the cap. Uh, so we'll see exactly what happens there. Um, but if Eichel can get back in three months and be a factor for the American Olympic team, I mean, that's good for hockey. Like Eichel being back in the NHL is just plain old good for hockey, and I hope that it happens. And a side note, a little bonus for everybody, Eichel getting traded to Vegas into the Pacific Division. We'll get to see multiple Eichel versus McDavid matchups over the next little bit as they're now in the same division. Nice little bonus. Good little bonus. So no more Matthews, Eichel, batter of the Americans. We're back to the Eichel versus McDavid, one versus two 
uh, debate from the draft, that rivalry will heat up again with Edmonton and Vegas. Um, and Edmonton looking pretty good, man. They're 8-1 to start the year. They are looking outstanding. Uh, and both McDavid and Drysaddle, of course, up at the top of the lead when it comes to uh, to points and goals. And funny enough, Ryan Nugent Hopkins leading the NHL with 13 assists to start the year. Unbelievable, man. That team, they're, they're, they're rolling right now. They're rolling. Um, I don't know when they're in Toronto or when Toronto plays them. I'm sure it's rather soon, actually. But uh, they're doing well. All right, I think that will do it for us here today on the podcast, though. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. I'm back with another episode tomorrow. Going to recap the game between the Leafs and the Lightning. Uh, Enjoy the games tonight, guys. I believe it's going to be on TSN 4, also on uh, Sportsnet Radio on the fan. But until then, though, Keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.